start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York The Toronto Blue Jays sweep the New York Yankees. Hello and welcome to episode 152 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson. Uh, What a week it was in Blue Jays world. We come into this series, we have our own expectations, we have our reservations, but the Blue Jays come out, they don't trail a single time in this four-game set. They take every game against the Yankees, and all of a sudden they're a half game back of a postseason spot. Bryson, how are you? You know what? I'm doing good, but here's the thing I wanted to ask you too is like I don't know what it is with this team and being clutch at Yankee Stadium this late in the season because it reminds me a lot of 2015 that early season in August where the Jays swept the Yankees and I think that was for the AL East implications, but the point is is they know how to be clutch at Yankee Stadium late in the season and uh, we saw the exact same thing this time except compared to the se- the series I mentioned in 2015, a four-game sweep. When the heck was the last time you've seen that at Yankee Stadium or I've even predicted it? Yeah, it, it it's so hard to do a four-game sweep against any team, let alone the Yankees. So the fact that the Blue Jays did that in the middle of a playoff race against a team that is directly ahead of them, you're right. It's pretty magical to watch this happen with the Blue Jays. And it does always seem like there are critical series in September against the Yankees that the Blue Jays managed to take when things are going well. I think last season there was a series like that. I know they kind of struggled at the back end of things against the Yankees. They had that series where they gave up a historical amount of home runs in a four-game set last year, but they did have some success down the line against the Yankees. And of course, you refer to 2015 in September, that mid-September series when you have Marcus Stroman make his return from the injured list, make his first start back. You have some things go awry. You have the collision between Kevin Pillar and Troy Tulowitzki, of course, out in a shallow center field. But Again, just a pivotal series at a pivotal moment of the season, and that's what we're seeing with the Blue Jays right now. Like I said, they're a half game back of a postseason spot. Um, What are your takeaways from this series? Because going into this, I know we all predicted three out of four, but I thought it would be a tough series to win. I thought there would be a fight that the Yankees put up, and I don't know if it's just because the Yankees are collapsing right now. We've seen the lack of success they've had from the bullpen. We've seen the struggles they've had out of their rotation and from their starting lineup but they didn't put up a fight like you know the Blue Jays battled and they won this series but for all intents and purposes and by the appearances it wasn't a tough series for them to win because they were leading at every single moment in the game if they weren't tied they never trailed so I don't know how to gauge the success of this series when it might be the Yankees just sucking right now, but it also might be the Blue Jays finally putting the pedal to the metal and having some success and winning eight in a row against the Yankees and the Athletics. Yeah, I think it's more the Jays putting the pedal to the metal. I think they are finally, throughout this entire stretch and you know continuing into this four-game series, we saw at a continued and consistent pace, even going back to last week, the offense and the pitching at the same time clicking. Because in every game of this series, the starting pitching was there. And it was really there. Um, you go back to the first game of the series when Hunjin Ryu went six scoreless innings against the Yankees. I said it uh, when we recorded last time. I thought he was going to be one of the deciding factors of the series. 
in turn just because of the pitching matchup. And he showed up and he pitched well and he's always pitched well at Yankee Stadium, regardless of his up and downs this year. So I give him that for sure. Uh, the offense we know is clicking. It's still clicking. You know, Marcus Simeon continues to be hot. Alejandro Kirk was homering throughout the series. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was homering throughout the series. Lots of notables from this series alone. And in particular, those three guys were really leading the way this weekend. Bo Bichette had a lot of solid hits as well. I'm missing so many people. Teoscar Hernandez, of course, did. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. continues his hot streak. And even the bullpen. Uh, I thought the bullpen did a, a, de- a pretty a solid job for the most part. Going back to that first series as well. You had Ad- you had Trevor Richards, Tim Meza, Adam Simber close out the game in game one. And they were all pretty much scoreless from there. And it was solid. It, it really was complete. There was no blowing games late. There was the offense scoring runs. And the, the, the best part about it is I feel like the offense in certain ga- games, especially the one yesterday uh, when they completed the sweep, could have scored even more runs. I felt like they had so many more, more left in the tank. And that's what was remarkable about it. And even on the Tuesday in Game 2, you take out Garrett Cole as much as he left with an injury. You were hitting him around even before uh, he left with his hamstring issue. Steven Matz, who has an ERA under 2 since the month of August. I think we mentioned that last week as well. But another start from him. Another solid start after him. Joaquin Soria, Tim Mazo, Jordan Romano uh, come into the game. And we all know um, it was solid from there as well. Alejandro Kirk homered to that game twice. Marcus Simeon continues the hot streak. And um, that was pretty much one of the leaders for that as well well and even in game three I mean we're going by game by game here and you're seeing a pretty consistent thing in terms of solid starting pitching and solid bullpen help after that and of course the offense what we're expecting to do continues to hit you know Alec Manoa in game three five and two thirds um, three earned runs you know a decent start for sure and after that you go with Richard Simber Romano as well and that was kind of the consistent thing this series they come out and they um, shut down the Yankees as well and um, in that game, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hits the home run, and that was a, a clutch home run late. And, um, you know, I think the game that yesterday, to be honest with you, as much as we said that the Garrett Cole one was probably the one they would lose, if anything, the one yesterday I thought shocked me the most, just because uh, I was taking in. Once the seventh or eighth inning came in, especially when the Jays started adding those runs late, um, I believe it was in the ninth inning, Guerrero and Valera, uh, homered and Valera doubled, it really started sinking in that, this team just swept the New York Yankees, or they are on the verge of sweeping the New York Yankees in a crucial four-game series, and it was a lot like it, it a lot more impactful than I thought because I was obviously tuned into the games, distracted by the games. But when it was all said and done, crazy, crazy, crazy series. I mean, and especially in the game yesterday, Jose Barrios six and two thirds, two earned runs. Soria Mesa Pearson come out of the bullpen after that. I know Nate Pearson had a rocky ninth inning, but for the most part, everything was. Uh, when is planned and you know from that too the one thing I take away from it is when Anthony Rizzo tied the game off of Jose Barrios um, the Jays kept going it's not like you know they it was a, on the verge of a collapse or you know this was the beginning of them collapsing in the game they kept going in the next inning they found ways to get runs in and that was crazy to see because we haven't seen it consistently this year and that's what happened basically in the seventh inning right after Bobochet singled home um, I think it was Jan- Danny Jansen. That was the go-ahead run. And from there, they added a couple more runs, a couple more insurance runs. And even earlier in that game, Grichuk homered, Bichette homered, Guerrero homered again in the ninth inning. I mean, this team was by far on it this week. This week, They knew the implications. They knew they had to play well. Can't say the same for the Yankees. The only thing the Yankees were doing was celebrating a home run with Luke Voigt with two outs left in the ninth inning. Um, I mean, that's a little bit funny in my opinion, just because they lost both all four games. But yeah, either way, complete, complete game. The offense, the pitching, clicking at the same time. This team is finally showing, I think, 
how good of the season or how good we were expecting them to be at the start of the season. And the best part about it too is people keep getting healthier and healthier. Minus Springer, I know that that's something that we they still have to deal with. But the bullpen arms keep coming in. Julian Merriweather was activated in the series, and they're really at this point, you know, they got to keep going. And I think at this point we can't um, think otherwise because of this weekend coming up against the Orioles for a four game series, which is a doubleheader on Saturday. They have all the you know they have the schedule to do it, and they continue to have the momentum to do it. And right now they're finally clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, throughout this whole season, you could find reasons for why the Blue Jays wouldn't be performing at their best, whether it was Springer being injured, whether it was other reasons with, you know, not having a lot of depth in the rotation, whether it was the bullpen screwing things up. Right now, there's no excuse for the Blue Jays to not be in the driver's seat in the AL Wild Card race. They're a half game back, and, you know, by all accounts, they are in the driver's seat. The Red Sox have lost a lot of ground to the Blue Jays. The Yankees, of course, just lost four games to the Blue Jays. Um, the Blue Jays are in the driver's seat, and right now there's no excuse for them not to take over that spot. Now, this is the optimistic part of us talking when we say the Blue Jays have no excuse to lose anymore, but it's true. Every part of their game is clicking, and like you mentioned, Bryson, the standout to me from this series, we had seen the success of the starting rotation before, but to me, it's the hitting in late and close situations and the bullpen. Because all of these games, it seemed like, with the exception of maybe one, you are tied or at least one run up going into like the seventh inning. But in every one of these games, the Blue Jays tacked on in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. We saw the Blue Jays score four runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth last night. I think they scored three runs in the last three innings um, on uh, Tuesday's game or, or Wednesday's game, excuse me. So you have all these opportunities that the Blue Jays are getting that we've seen them screw up before. And finally, there's cashing in those, those runs. Of course, they also missed some key opportunities. You have that game where they got 11 walks and they only scored, what, five runs? Um, so you have these games where they didn't take advantage of all those opportunities, but then that's where the bullpen comes in. That's where the strong starting pitching comes in. Um, you don't have to take advantage of those opportunities if your bullpen is throwing zeros. And for almost the entirety of this series, the bullpen was throwing zeros. They didn't give up a single earned run until the ninth inning of yesterday's game, of the series finale. That was Nate Pearson, of course. We saw him come in, struggle, gave up back-to-back -back solo shots to Gary Sanchez and Luke Voigt. But besides that, it was a spotless day, a spotless series for the bullpen. And that's what's impressing me the most. We've always talked about the potential of this team if the bullpen just comes along and does its part. And we saw that in this series. We saw that to some extent not totally in this series against Oakland. If you, of course, you have that game where the Blue Jays almost give up a, what was it, eight-run lead. So it wasn't always there, but in this series against the Yankees, it was. And that's part of the success for the Blue Jays and why they could win these close games. So I think that was so, so impressive. And yeah, they're getting reinforcements. Julian Merriweather, we haven't seen him pitch yet, but he's up in the majors now. Um, Nate Pearson, of course, he came back in the Oakland series and we saw him have you know, struggles in his first outing. He was successful in his second outing where he struck out the side and then now struggles again in his third time out. But again, it's just having those options, having those hard throwing guys, those guys who can put out fires before you get to Jordan Romano. Um, that's really important in the bullpen. And I want to ask you about Jordan Romano because at no point this season have we seen him come into three consecutive games, but it looked like last night the Blue Jays were preparing to do, to do so if... Pearson had not gotten out of that ninth inning. Um, 
Do you think he should be used more aggressively as we head down the stretch through September, through a postseason race? Like, should the Blue Jays try to push him, push his limits, get in, get him into three consecutive games? Or since what they've done for the rest of the season has worked and we've had injury scares with Romano in the past, should they stick with the two days on, one day off pattern? Honestly, at this point, um, this late in the season, this is obviously a different discussion than if it would be in April and everyone kind of un- understands that. But obviously two days in a row, I think everyone's fine with. And then the one day off, like that's a, a lock of something that's fine. Or, any, you know, we're fine with that happening. But <clears throat> if he's going to go in for three straight games, I mean, I think you exercise it if you have to. And I think yesterday was a perfect example of why um, that that's the case. Because obviously going into the ninth inning, it's not a save situation, so you're going to bring in Nate Pearson. We know Nate Pearson warmed up in the game prior, and the Jays are probably looking at bringing him in as well in that game. So you bring him in, he gives up two runs, all of a sudden it's a two-run game. And they're also at this point, too, there was two outs, so really if Jordan Romano came in, all he would need to do is get one out. And that's why I think in certain situations where it's kind of have to be you know evaluated at the time, it's something that you got to make kind of you know at the heat of the moment during the time. If you have to, if you have to secure these wins and do whatever it takes to do it, um, I have no problem with uh, him warming up or the Jays kind of looking into bringing him in or preparing for the fact that they might have to bring him in on three straight days. I mean, it's in September. We know the implications. We know where they are in the standings. They're currently half of a game out now of a playoff spot in that second wildcard spot. And of course, the first wildcard spot is totally up for grabs as well as the, the Red Sox only have a one game lead in that. You have to do it, and I think as the season goes on, as we even get into the final two weeks of the season, we're in the stretch here, the home stretch of the season, and especially when we get into mid-September, late September, and the Jays remain in contention, I think you're going to see a lot of that, or a lot of you know that possibility, or a lot of that, you know, just the Jays setting it up just in case to do that. I think it's the right decision to make. I think Jordan Romano can handle it. Obviously, there's a lot of discussion prior to the game. The Jays know if he's healthy or not, or if he's going to be available or not. So a lot of this relies on him feeling good as well. This year in particular, um, I know there has been injury scares, but this year in particular, Romano's been healthy for pretty much the most part. And um, that's why at, at this point of the season, for the last two, three weeks, if you have to do it, like absolutely have to, I don't think you do it on a, you know, automatically because I think you do have the reinforcements like Merriweather who we saw close all the way back in the first series of the season I think he's an option I just obviously the Jays didn't want to give him probably any action that this series I'm sure you're going to see him this weekend a lot but you know if they have to um, I think you do it it's not something that you know I'm automatically going to go to though if the Jays have a safe situation in three straight games where he'd come in I think you bring him in as kind of a not a last resort but kind of just in preparation of doing that, and I, I think yesterday was a perfect example of how they did that. Yeah, you obviously want to do it in moderation, and you want to be aware of what's happening in the game. Um, but yeah, I see no reason why you shouldn't bring him in three straight games. Like, obviously, there are the workload concerns, the health con- health concerns, but the Blue Jays are in a playoff run. Like, they are in the fight for their season. Uh, Buck Martinez said it on the broadcast yesterday. I disagree with a lot of what Buck Martinez said, but he said you can rest in October. You can rest in December if you don't make it into the postseason. But you got to make it into the postseason first. You can rest in the offseason. Um, and yeah, that like you can still do damage to your arm if you're being overpitched during the season. But um, if this was a situation like, I don't know, Hanjin Ryu, where we know he works better on like five days rest, like he he works better on an extra day of rest, 
you wouldn't be experiment, experimenting with a short day of rest. But because it's Jordan Romano, I don't think we've ever seen him on a schedule of three days in a row. So I don't know whether it works or not. So until we know that he pitches better two days on and one day off, why not throw him out there? Why not use your best tool as frequently as you can while keeping him healthy to win ball games? So yeah, I'm with you there until we're given a reason to not put him out there until he's day to day with something until he is struggling significantly seeing the same team three days in a row. Um, keep throwing, keep throwing him out there. I'm completely for it. Um, you mentioned this a little bit, but this entire series, I just kind of watched in disbelief as it was happening, especially that last game where it, like you said, it it started to sink in that the Blue Jays were actually going to see, sweep the Yankees, but every single game, I just expected something to go wrong because A, that's how the Blue Jays play this season. Something always goes wrong. And B, you are playing the Yankees. Like this is a team that not that long ago won 13 games in a row. So I expected them to put more of a fight up, but every single game, I just watched in disbelief as a one game, one, one game, two, one game, three, one game, four, especially the Garrett Cole game. That's the game, I think, where you're talking about it being the last game where it really sunk in and the sweep kind of sunk in for me there. But the Garrett Cole game was really where it sunk in that, you know, the Blue Jays can make up significant ground here. They can make up two games, if not all four games, in the wild card race. Um, they would have made up two games if they lost one game of this series. Of course, we know what happened. But when they beat Garrett Cole, or Garrett Cole beat himself with the injury, um, that's kind of where it's set in for me, like, they could actually do this. Because Garrett Cole, um, I wrote this on Instagram, but I was kind of looking at it as a write-off game. Um, it was against, you know, one of the best starters in baseball. And you have Steven Matz on the other side of the mound. So it's not like it's a, you know, cream of the crop, um, best starter against best starter. Like if it was Robbie Ray against Garrett Cole, it was Steven Matz against Garrett Cole. Um, so that game, I kind of accepted to myself that the Blue Jays can lose this. They probably will lose this. The odds are that they will lose this. Um, and when they won that game, it was kind of like, okay, this is gravy. We can do this. They can get through this series with picking up ground on the Yankees. Um, where did you stand on that Garrett Cole game? What were your kind of your expectations going in? And I guess the Blue Jays were helped by the injury a lot. They got Garrett Cole out after less than four complete innings, but Man, I was surprised watching that game, watching the Blue Jays have success. Yeah, and I think if you go back, or if to anyone listening, go back to our last one, I think all three of us actually um, said the same thing about that uh, that second game in terms of, okay, the Jays, our predictions are going to take three out of four, and if they're going to lose a game, it's going to be the Garrett Cole game. And I, I think all of us kind of understood that. Now, at the time, though, to, I guess to talk about it more, I think at the time, for me personally, what I was expecting was, I was expecting it to still be close, um, I didn't think the Jays were going to score a boatload of runs, but however, as much as it was Steven Matt's pitching, you have to take into account of the the month of August and I guess the first couple starts now of September that Steven Matz has had because he's been great and everyone knows that. And that's why I was kind of a little bit more optimistic than usual because it was Steven Matz. And obviously, if you're going to ask me that in July, if I was optimistic about Steven Matz versus Garrett Cole, anyone would have called me crazy. But 
I mean, I was just, his numbers since the beginning of August have been outstanding. I mentioned it earlier on. I think he's an ERA below two. And, um, you know, I think it, he's got an average against of like 224. And he's been he's been lights out, 18 strikeouts in that span. And, um, you know, even a whip of uh, 1.11. So he's allowing less than the average of base runners and in inning. Everything about his game, you know, he's been mediocre, obviously, throughout the entire year. He had a really good start in April. And he's been up and down, you know, ever since. But then ever since August started... He's doubled down, and I think he's really settled in here. And, you know, that's why I took into account of it. it is Steven Matz who's been great. And, um, you know, the Jays have a shot, of course, but it's not going to become easy as Garrett Cole is. And obviously Jays fans would know because of the Cy Young race with Robbie Ray is he's also one of the favorites or one of the people that are leading the way in terms of him. Uh, Lance Lynn, I don't know how that's going to impact him because Lance Lynn's currently injured, and Robbie Ray. So those three guys, we were talking, I think we spoke about it a couple weeks ago, if we thought Robbie Ray had a, um, a legitimate shot. And I think if you're going to ask us this again, I think Robbie Ray as well now has an even better shot uh, with this happening with what's going on the past couple weeks. But yeah, the Garrett Cole game was a write-off for sure, you know, entering it. And that's why, you know, at the time, though, when the Jays did win, of course, it stunk, it sunk into me as well that, you know, the potential to sweep is there now. Like, it, it, that was the, the only hurdle I think that was ahead of us in terms of predicting a sweep. I still, at the time, you know, and you mentioned it too, we know, you know, the, the downfall or the, the moments the Jays have had this year where you get so excited and then they find a way to, you know, just mess it up. And that's why at the time I'm like, okay... Obviously, it's possible, but, you know, is it too good to be true or, like, what's the catch? And that's why I was all, I was prepared for the worst in terms of game three and four, but they completely proved me wrong, and they've been playing the way they've been playing the last week. Um, they that was the, they just paved the road for them to complete the sweep. Um, going back to their winning streak, they've been 14-6, and six, I think, since the Orioles series almost a month ago. Uh, against the White Sox, against the Tigers, I believe they went... Five and five, I believe they were five hundred throughout that series. So around there is obviously when it turned around, and then they take four from the Yankees, they take three from the the A's, and that's where that's where they've t- made the turn now. So you know, if you're gonna ask me a couple weeks ago, completely different situation to where we are now. But the fact that Steven Matz was pitching as good as he has been the past month, I did give the Jays a glimmer of hope or a glimmer like I was a little bit optimistic for sure but then once you know it actually happened yeah it sunk in to me that the potential to do it was there and then it really sunk in uh yesterday uh when you know in the ninth inning where I'm like oh my god it's actually gonna happen yeah I mean no disrespect to Steven Matz when I say I expect Garrett Cole and the Yankees to win that game it's just on paper you look at the matchup Steven Matz or Garrett Cole it's very lopsided even even knowing Stephen Matt's history over the past you know month month and a half, but um, one last note on um, our bullpen conversation with Jordan Romano, um, Charlie Montoyo told wrong, uh, Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun that um, uh, Jordan Romano came to him and said, "quote If it's a save situation, I I'm in." So he wants to pitch back to back to back games. He wants to be involved if it's a close game and. That's what you want from your players. That's what you want from your bullpen. You want everyone involved and rooting for a win. And I think it was Jose Barrios who said this after yesterday's game, but he said, um, the thing about the Blue Jays is that everyone's rooting for you. Everyone's rooting for each other. Everyone's rooting for the team to win. And everyone's involved every step of the way. So that's part of what makes this team special. We've talked about it before, but a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think now, if we were betting, Robbie Ray has better odds to win the Cy Young in the American League than Garrett Cole. And I think 
people have kind of taken a backseat on Lance Lynn as well. He's kind of taken a backseat in this race. So it might be Robbie Ray's race to lose now. He might be in the driver's seat for AL Cy Young. And I especially think so because even if this shouldn't impact the conversation, we always know whether a team is a competitor or not makes an impact on these things, right? Like everyone always talks about Mike Trout MVP years a couple years ago. It was always a conversation of, well, should you vote for him because the Angels are a 500 team? The Angels are below 500. Um, That's always part of the conversation, even if it shouldn't be. So having the Blue Jays make this push, catch everyone's attention, everyone watching their games. You see John Morosi tweeting about them. You see all these guys across baseball. Bob Nightingale was tweeting about them. You know, heaven forbid Bob Nightingale says something about us, but he's tweeting about the Blue Jays. So you have all these people paying attention to the team from across baseball. And I think that helps Robbie Ray in his case for Cy Young. Even though the numbers, as it stands now, are probably better than Garrett Cole, probably better than Lance Lynn. And certainly the health is better than Garrett Cole with Garrett Cole seemingly sidelined, at least for a little bit. Who knows how extreme it is, even if he doesn't miss a start. Um, He only got, you know, 3.2 innings in that outing. Seems like Robbie Ray is now the odds on favor to win. Absolutely he is. And you made a very good point because it is true, regardless if people agree with it or not, is that a lot of people take into account in terms of... um, you know, the team's success. And if you want to look at it beforehand, or even, I guess, a month ago when the Jays were out of it, as much, you know, out of the race, as, as much as we, you know, hate to admit it, they were. Um, you have Garrett Cole and Lance Lynn, both playoff teams. Obviously, the White Sox have the AL Central locked up. They've had it locked up for a while. And then the Yankees, who were all of a sudden emerged, you mentioned the 13-game winning streak they went on. They were, they looked like, um, you know, heavy favorites as well at the time for that wild card spot. And then, of course, you have Robbie Ray for a team on the Jays who's the outs- who's on the outside looking in, and that was definitely one of the reasons, or that w- or what was holding him back from, I guess, you know, being uh, considered like heavy favorite to, um, you know, to win the the Cy Young, and you know, all of a sudden the Jays emerge, they go on their winning streak, they're half of a game out now, they're completely in it. Uh, with the Red Sox, with the Yankees, uh, you know, the Athletics, the Mariners, but the Jays, you know, were pretty much doing building blocks over this last week because the first goal was to obviously pass the Mariners, uh, past Oakland, and that's what they did last weekend. And then now all of a sudden they're a half of a game out of a playoff spot and the Jays are getting the recognition. You said they're finally getting the recognition I think they deserve. Unfortunately, this year they just haven't gotten a lot because of the consistent ups and downs like as a team because obviously people like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., people like you know, just zeroing in on him and focusing on certain players on this team was pretty much what you saw this year in terms of, oh, look at the accomplishments here. You know, one of the best seasons in Jays history for a Jays player. But now what you're seeing is even over the the past week now is the entire team, like you mentioned, is getting the recognition, getting the attention. And it's definitely helping Robbie Ray in the Cy Young race. And yeah, he's leading the AL in ERA now. Um, he's leading the AL as well in whip at 0.99. He's got the best average or the lowest average against, which is at 203. You know, all his numbers are the best in the American League. And he's pitched more innings than Garakol and Lance Lynn. So, you know, that's, that's what makes it uh, exciting. And that's why, you know, this is a legitimate ch- chance for Robbie Ray to do it. And, you know, I just go back to the series quickly, too. The Jays did all this without Robbie Ray pitching. Then that's the best part about it. And you send him out tonight in game one against the Orioles. But, you know, we like he's completely taken the league by storm, I think, over the last couple of weeks because it's been a quiet season for him. Um, like, I guess, around the game of baseball where he's like 
pitched as well as he has. Jays fans know how good he's been, but I mean, the entire league, it's kind of been quiet. And all of a sudden now, ever since um, the month of August ended, and you know, you mentioned him in the possible Cy Young race, he's getting the love, he's getting the attention. And I think, and, and I do really think a lot of people are starting to, you know, zero in on him and c- kind of show, look at the numbers here and show, you know, how good of a season he's had. I make the Garrett Cole argument. I think a lot of people do with the blow up month of, uh, I think it was July, June or July that he had after the spider attack thing and the, the sticky stuff thing. Cause you know, there was a few starts there where he was a complete mess and a lot of people were saying how that's just sticky stuff or the reason for his success all along. But I know he's kind of uh, settled down as well and he's been pitching good, but Robbie Ray has been more consistent than Garrett Cole. He's been better than Garrett Cole and Lance Lynn also, he's been good for the most part, but yeah, he's kind of faded a little bit from the conversation over the past couple of weeks this is Robbie Ray's award to win, and I think you're right about it, and it's also his award to lose. If he just keeps pitching the way he is, there's no there's no reason why he doesn't win the Scion. There's no reason at all. All right. Well, let's talk about the one bad thing from this series um, before we finish it up on a positive note, but it's George Springer. Um, you know, we saw him struggling through and getting through that series against Oakland, even though he is so clearly not at 100%. I don't think he's at 80%. I don't think he's at 70%. Like, he's at like 60% tops on that field. He, watching him play, you can tell he is in so much pain. And um, you got to respect him for being on the field and having that high pain tolerance. And he wants to help the Blue Jays so, so much, um, helping them win. But in the second game of that th- series, he takes that awkward swing. He goes down to one knee. He takes foul ball off his knee cap um, while he's wearing that knee brace and he just you know stays in the knee at home plate for a couple seconds and eventually he manages to hobble off the field he's day-to-day now we haven't seen him on the field in the two games since um, we've mentioned this before but the Blue Jays were right to rush him back like you're in the middle of a postseason race they were sitting ducks they were dead in the water Without George Springer, they brought him back. It kind of ignited this team to what we're seeing now. They were right to rush him back. Um, But just watching him on the field, seeing him in the box, and he's not really doing anything. He's just standing there and seemingly enduring pain. I don't know how much of the worth there is to having him on the field. And yes, maybe he comes back from this brief day-to-day stint and is okay and you know can hold his own in the box again, but... You know, just watching him go through so much pain, it was kind of really uncomfortable. And I, I, I was rooting for him to be taken out of the game. I wanted to have him sit on the bench and just, you know, have the rest of the team carry from that point forward. And that's what the Blue Jays did in the game three and four of that series and in the later half of game two. Because the worry was all always that the Blue Jays wouldn't be able to perform without George Springer. And they did. Um, so now that the offense is clicking, I feel like it's not necessary to force George Springer into that. And of course it's George Springer's decision to be back in the lineup, but for George Springer to push himself and put himself in the lineup, um, if the lineup is clicking as is, and Alejandro Kirk is being a fantastic DH right now, there's no reason to have Springer suffer through that pain and be on the field. If the Blue Jays are winning again, you'd love to have him there. You'd love to have him at hundred percent, but well, he's not at hundred percent. I'm just not sure it's worth it if the rest of the lineup is doing so well. And it's going to take away at-bats from someone like Alejandro Kirk. Which is why, at the time when he came back, that was the only problem of him coming back was that he was going to be a full-time DH. 
the I know it makes it deeper. You can make the argument, of course you can, but it just limits everyone and it takes at bats away from Alejandro Kirk, like you mentioned. And at the time right now, I'd rather a healthy Alejandro Kirk. And you've seen the week he's put up an OPS over twelve hundred over the last week. He's hit, I think it's what, three home runs, six RBIs, been one of the best hitters on this team, batting well over three hundred, a slugging percentage over eight hundred. And, you know, going back to Springer, yeah, it, it it's tough to watch. It was tough to watch. And it, it is uncomfortable because we saw the glimpse of him during the very first homestand when the Jays came back because that was his hottest streak of the season. You saw him healthy. You saw him hitting home runs every game. We we see or we have seen a glimpse of the healthy Springer this year, but unfortunately we just haven't seen it enough. But I do give him credit. I agree with you. There's no regrets there of bringing him back when they did. Um, I, I would have done the exact same thing over and over again, especially the situation they're in in the month of September. I There's no there's no doubt or there's no fault for what happened. Um but now, like when you look at it, you know, is it maybe, is it maybe a better idea to take this chance and make this push without him for a couple of weeks, and you bring him back, you know, maybe the last week of the season, and he's a little bit healthier. I'm not saying that's going to happen because I believe he's going to be, you know, there's a chance he's back this weekend. But that was what's going through my head at the time, going all the way back to that game when he was rolling around in pain. Because the thing, too, is it's not like he's just uncomfortable when he's running or walking. Like, you can tell it's impacting his actual swing. And, you know, he's striking out a lot of weak contact. I know we got a couple good hits uh, back in the athletic series, but he just a lot of weak, a lot of weak contact. And it's affecting, obviously, his numbers, but it's also just you know, at the time, it's just, it's affecting his play. That's, that's the, that's the thing I'm looking at the most. It's not like something he's dealing with on the side when he's running a first base. It's in the batter's box. And that's what concerns me the most. And that's why at the time I was saying, I remember saying to myself, I'm like, you know, maybe it's a better idea as much as it sucks. And as much as it's crazy to say, but, but this team's been so good that maybe there's a chance that you take the chance and you shut him down for another couple of weeks and you bring him back for that last run. But Obviously, who knows what the heck's going on? Because we know the way Charlie Montoyo is with his day-to-day analysis. Like that can easily turn into an IL stint as of tonight. He can easily be back leading off tonight. So we really don't know what the heck's going on. Yes, it is going to be up to Springer. Um, I don't think he's going on the IL now. I think it would have happened by now because there's obviously what is that two games now where he's been on the bench. It's just something that they're going to monitor. Um, there's really nothing he can do other than wear a knee brace because, you know, you're going to take the chances of hitting a foul ball off your leg. That's something that's going to happen. Um, you're going to swing. It's going to be uncomfortable. And I, even Montoyo came out and acknowledged it, I think, and he completely admitted it to the press. He said, listen, if he's going to play for the rest of the year, he's going to de- be dealing with pain. So everyone knows the implications. The only problem I have with it is... You know, if there's a better way to control it, because obviously none of us know what the, what's really going on or how healthy he really is. But based on what we've seen, it's not even close. To, um, and that's why even going back to the center field topic, don't even mention center field for the rest of the year. I think that's completely done. And that's why it, it's concerning, because if there's a better way to manage it, hopefully the Jays can find it or maybe there's a way for him to manage it better. But as of now, you know, it's just taking away at bats from healthy people on the team, a healthy Alejandro Kirk. And that's what take and that's the problem because once he's DHing, nobody else can really DH right now. So you saw it this series, Alejandro Kirk was DHing. It was more flexible, but you obviously would rather Springer in there, and I think everyone would tell you that. But at this point, you know, at at his rate of health, it's tough to see. And that's why everyone's rooting for him. Everyone hopes he's back at some point this year. I think he will be back. But the other question too is when he does come back or whenever the heck it is. Is, is he going to be com- consistently playing every day? Is it going to be kind of like an on and off thing? I know that's going to affect, you know, his just his groove and his timing. But 
you know, there's just, there's got to be another way where this can be managed well, because think about it now, and you want to, you know, we weren't really in this position as of last week when you look at it now. So the Jays are half of a game out. And if you want to talk about the end of the month, and we know what we're talking about in terms of the wildcard game, you need him for that as well. Like you got to look ahead as well at the same time. And you have to find a way to manage this. And and obviously he needs to find a way to manage it. So no matter what happens, if he sits out a little bit more or he comes back, we're all rooting for him. And that's why I don't want to make any predictions of what's going on because of, you know, just how crazy the Jays have been with their injury announcements. We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, overall, tough to watch. And you hope it only gets better from here. You hope he's feeling better now. So I mean, at, who knows at this point. But yeah, you give him credit for trying. And I think a lot of fans respect that for sure. So, you know, this team in the playoffs, if they do make it or if this wildcard team, you hope that George Springer's in the lineup for that game as well. So fingers are crossed for his status. And, um, you know, maybe this weekend again, you see him play. So let's see. Mm-hmm. And two other factors um, in relation to he, him coming back and being the DH. The number one factor is um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which is, of course, a lesser Less of a big deal as the Alejandro Kirk playing time because Vladdy's going to be in the lineup no matter what. But it means that down the stretch, as you know, we've seen the wear and tear of a season on him, although he's hot right now, hit home run 40, 40 41, and 42 in this series. Um, he's going to be on his feet all the time if George Springer is back in DHing. So that's one factor that plays into this. Another factor is Bo Bichette. You know, Bo Bichette wasn't hot before, he was as cold as a rock. When it comes to what he was doing in the number four spot in the lineup. But now, you know, he's been bumped up to number one. And over the last few days, he's hot. He's had really good days. Yesterday, I think he was three for five. Um, That's what the Blue Jays need. And without Bo being hot, you don't really have a true leadoff hitter. Yeah, you can put Marcus Simeon up there. But I think the reason Simeon's staying at two right now is because he's found so much comfort and success at that um, point in the lineup, and the Blue Jays like him there. Um, without Bo being hot, you don't have a true leadoff hitter. So you need George Springer up there. You can't be rolling out Corey Dickerson in games like these as a leadoff hitter. That's just, you know, it's bizarre. It's an off-the-wall idea. I don't know why the Blue Jays thought about it in the first place or why they considered it at all, but you can't be rolling out Corey Dickerson in the leadoff spot. So that's another reason to, you know, maybe push the brakes a little bit on George Springer because Bo right now, can carry the team as a leadoff hitter. He can find success as a leadoff hitter and help the Blue Jays there. You don't need George Springer in that spot to have success at the top of the lineup. So um, that's just two more factors that factor into this conversation, and uh, we'll see what happens. It'll certainly be interesting to watch how the Blue Jays treat his injuries, but um, all right, let's stop talking about that. We <laughs> The Blue Jays just swept the team directly ahead of them, so we can't be too pessimistic this episode. Um the last thing I want to do, I know we end every podcast like this, but just look at the schedule ahead for the Blue Jays. Because, I don't know, it feels like, like we've mentioned it before, every moment that they finally get a bit of momentum, and right now they have a whole lot of momentum, um, they always seem to lose it somehow. Um, but you look at the schedule ahead, and um, it's it only gets easier from here. They're face, they have four games against the Baltimore Orioles. So I think you can pretty much... Put it in the books as three wins already. Um, if everything goes according to plan, it'd be four wins. Um, and then you have a series against the Rays, which is obviously going to be tough. 
if I was predicting that, I would say the Blue Jays lose two or three to the Rays because it seems like that's always what happens. But then you got another series against Minnesota. That's a team you can roll over. You got a series against Tampa Bay, another tough series. I would predict two to three you lose. And then Minnesota and New York again. So, like, if you're figuring things out and you're trying to figure out where the Blue Jays get these wins that they need to make the postseason, you have three, if not four, easy wins right away to take that first wild card spot or second wild card spot against Baltimore. And that's what makes me so optimistic. As much as the Blue Jays grinded and pushed to win this series against New York and that series against Oakland, both of which, even if both teams are struggling right now, it was still a fight at least a little bit. The Blue Jays had many games that were tied against the Yankees. They were losing 8-2 against Oakland at one point. Um, this series against Baltimore is going to be the exact opposite, and hopefully the Blue Jays can get into a postseason spot this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the schedule is there for them, which is also a reason why I think, going back to the Springer thing, you want to take a chance. The schedule is in your favor. But anyways, for this, yes. Um it's it's going to be we all know we all know the road ahead yes this weekend um i think we're all expecting good things but yeah this is um this is a chance for them to continue to go on their run because they have the schedule to do it they see the twins twice and really the only tough matchup they have is just those race series and then they have i think uh, they have one more series against the yankees at the end of the year but you know somebody pointed it out as well in terms of the amount of games the jays have made up and a lot of people were saying the jays really made up more games than it looks on the schedule because the Red Sox and the, the Yankees actually have to play each other again. And they're doing that, I think, in a couple weeks. So that's also going to be huge for the Jay standpoint because obviously one of those teams is going to lose. So that helps you uh, gain ground from there. I know the Red Sox are playing the White Sox this weekend. And I think the Yankees have a little bit more of a favorable schedule going down uh, the road too. So really at this point, I mean, you, you hate the scoreboard watch, but it's something that always happens in a pennant race. But for the Jays, the schedule is there for them to, I guess, just to continue this run. And, you know, you know, we all know the ground they had to make up. They made up the ground, but you can't stop because even if you get in that spot, you got to keep winning regardless. So, yeah, you know, you, you have a four-game series against the Orioles this weekend. Obviously, Saturday is a doubleheader, which makes it four games. And then, um, you know, you said it. You have, the, you have the Rays twice. You have the Twins twice. And then you have the Yankees at the end of the year. They can do it. Um we, we all know that. You, hopefully a couple more sweeps. That would be ideal. And um, for this point, too, I mean, I know it's tough, and I know we very rarely see it, but I think, you know, it's just also to exceed expectations. I think especially the series in Toronto against uh, the Rays, I think you got. I think you have to try and win that one. I think you have to, you know, the, the hot streak they're on right now, I know the Rays are also pretty much the most consistent team in the American League, but... You know, I feel like you have to take one of those series as well. The, the series at Tropicana Field, I'm not going to really expect a lot out of a compl- at all. But And then, of course, those twin series, take two out of three, take two out of three, and maybe you sweep one of those as well. So I hate to predict sweeps every single time, but, you know, it's there for them. And it's, uh, it's a good time to be a Jays fan. And before I close that off and send it off to you, Mark, I just want to mention too, and I think you'll um, you'll agree with me on this one, is... It's been a very quiet over the past week here on the Charlie Montoyo criticism. I just want to point that out. I don't think I've heard a peep in the last week. Yeah, I actually put something out on Instagram about... um, I forget which game it was. I think it was Wednesday's game that they should have gone uh, with um, Pearson instead of Romano, I think was my opinion for that Wednesday night game. 
and I actually got some people DMing me and saying, no, Charlie Montoyo made the right decision. He went to the right guy. And I was like, what is this? This is so unusual. (laughs) Everyone's hating him normally. So yeah, like we've been saying all season, when you have a good team, you look like a good manager and that's what's happening right now. So not to say I told you so, but um, okay. So going into this series against Baltimore, and by the way, they also finished the season against Baltimore. They have that set against the Yankees, but then they have a final set against Baltimore. So if you're looking for any kind of pick-me-up at the end of the season to get hot again, potentially going into the wild card game, that would be it. Three games against Baltimore. And, uh, uh, you know, a good sliver of hope from this weekend or, or this week against the Yankees as well. They now take the season series against New York, even if they get swept down the line in that three-game set against New York, they have the season series. So if they tie with the Yankees in the wild card, they will play the wild card game in Toronto, no matter what. So we got that going for us as well. Um, Okay, so going into this series against Baltimore, three of four, four of four, what are you predicting, Bryson? Well, when you look at it, of course, doubleheader, um, I... You know, realistically, you know, the Jays and doubleheaders this year, it hasn't been the worst thing, but it's kind of like, you know, doubleheaders are always hard to predict no matter what. So, I mean, you have Robbie Ray tonight. You have, um, I don't even know who the probable starters is. I mean, the second game, I believe Ross Stripling is an option to return, um, I think, for the the second game. And then, of course, um, on the Sunday game as well, you have uh, Ryu going. So, you know, you're probably going to see... Um, Manoa maybe at some point this series or not Manoa but there's gonna be somebody else going there's no probable starter but I think I'm gonna call it um I'm gonna say sweep again I'm just how special would that be too three straight sweeps wow and that would be 12 in a row which I believe correct me if I'm wrong but that would be the longest win streak in franchise history right I, th- I believe so. I think as one it stands one now, them, the yeah. longest win streak is 11 games. And the Blue Jays, of course, have done that a number of times. Um, of course, we saw it in 2015. I think they'd had two 11-game win streaks in 2015. I think they had one in 2014. But I don't know. I'll Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what it is. So, yeah, that would be something. I'm just going to go three of four. I, I know it's a safe bet. It's kind of boring. But, like, even if it is against the Orioles – Somehow things are going to go wrong. You have that doubleheader. You have Ross Stripling starting, who I think has only really worked up to like 30 pitches in his rehab start, and he only went like one or two innings. So not sure what that's going to look like. So if Ross Stripling's coming out for that game, maybe that's the write-off game that you have in this series. Who knows? But I'm just going to play it safe, save three or four for the Blue Jays because um, – you know, as hard as four-game sweeps are, I think 12-game winning streaks are even harder. So, I don't know. We will see. I'm hoping for a sweep, obviously, but we'll see what happens. Um, all right. Well, we will wrap it up there. Um, it's a crazy week for the Blue Jays, and it's a crazy time to be a fan. Um, we all said the Blue Jays were dead a couple weeks ago, and here we are. They're half-game back of a postseason spot, and they gained nine games on the Yankees over the course of two weeks. So um, crazy, crazy baseball that we're watching and you cannot complain about a single part of it. It's a lot of fun. Even if the results aren't what we want in the end, if they don't make the wild card, it'll still be a wild ride, but we'll wrap it up there. Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode of section 138. As always, you can listen to it on every podcast catcher and you can watch it on YouTube 
And if you enjoy our podcast, you can head over to Apple Podcast and give us a rating and review, which just helps spread the word about what we're doing, helps new people find our podcast and put in a good word about what we're doing. Um, you can support our podcast on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash section138pod. And then lastly, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at section138pod, where we always have something going on there, and you can stay up to date with what we're doing to make sure you never miss an episode, which you certainly don't want to do right now when the Blue Jays are hot. So we will catch you after this series against Baltimore, maybe the longest winning streak in franchise history, if we have that stack correctly. But until then, we'll catch you next time. These little town blues It's up to you, New York.